It is January 2012. The world's going to end this year. I think it's 12-12-12. And in the meantime, you can listen to the QuackCast. It's been a while. There have been things in my life that have kept me away from the microphone. Sad to say, the QuackCast is the least important thing in my multimedia empire. Probably because it's the least remunerative. But this is the 81st QuackCast. And has the title, Alas, Por Cranio Sacral, A Scam of Infinite Jest of Most Elaborate Fancy. I like Shakespeare. You can't pass up all sound and fury signifying nothing when you're looking at most alternative therapies. It is hard to socialize alternative medicine. For those of you who don't know about the Sokol affair, you can find it on Wikipedia. But a physicist named Alan Sokol wrote a paper which he submitted to Social Text, a journal which specializes in postmodern cultural studies. It was nonsense. They published it. He let them know it was nonsense. It was called Transgressing the Boundaries Towards a Transformative Heruministic of Quantum Gravity. I can't pronounce these words. But it was nonsense and they published it anyway. And were most embarrassed thereafter. It is hard, however, to come up with an alternative medicine that is goofier than something that is already being practiced. The closest was buttock reflexology slash acupuncture, where a abstract was submitted to a meeting where someone supposedly found a, a projection of the human body on the buttocks and that by touching them you could alter disease elsewhere, just like projections on the hands or the head that you see in acupuncture or in the eye like you see with iridology. This was accepted at the meeting, and then the people who submitted it said, ha ha, just a hoax. But it is very difficult to come up with nonsense that people aren't doing. Given the propensity for projections of the human body to appear on the iris and the hand and the foot and the tongue and the ear, Postulating a similar pattern on the buttocks was a simple variation on a common scam. Don't forget that stands for Supplements, Complementary, and Alternative Medicine. I stole it from ratbags.com. A common scam theme. So the buttocks, not really any different from any other of the focal acupunctures. Most of scam does not concern itself with any application of reality or physiology or anatomy or biochemistry. And all that can be expected to be ignored in virtually any scam modality. Every time I think that the heights or depths of absurdity have been reached, I discover a Bracco the Starer or a Himalayan Salt Inhaler. This podcast is not affiliated with the Journal of Irreproducible Results in any way, and I do not want anyone to think that what follows is a hoax. I am not, I repeat, not making anything up. This is not fiction. Well, it is fiction, but it's not written by me, and it is practiced and believed by some who really should know better. And that's craniosacral therapy. Like many scam modalities, from Reiki to chiropractic, CST, craniosacral therapy, was invented, discovered, fabricated, pulled out of the... uh, hmm, I don't want to have an explicit tag, so I need a three-letter word that starts with A that people can pull something out of. Air. It was pulled out of the air by William Gardner Sutherland. Quote, 
While a student at the American School of Osteopathy in 1899, Dr. Sutherland, very Hamlet-like, pondered the fine details of a separated or disarticulated skull. He wondered about the function of this complex architecture. Dr. Still taught that every structure exists because it performs a particular function. While looking at a temporal bone, a flash of inspiration struck Dr. Sutherland, quote, beveled like the gills of a fish indicating respiratory motion for an articular mechanism, end quote, quote. Now, it's hard to do on a verbal podcast. If you go to the Science-Based Medicine blog, you will see a picture of a temporal bone. You will see a picture of a cranial suture. And you'll see a picture of a fish gill. You'd be hard-pressed to find any similarities. I suppose drug use was more popular back in the day than I had hitherto thought. Maybe I'm not able to find the right photograph of gills to see the connection. Look at the pictures. Do you see any connection? Or do you lack the unique genius of Dr. Sutherland? Because the temporal bones are beveled like fish gills, the bones of the head are supposed to move relative to each other with respiration. This is the insight, absolute nonsense, that led to CST. I am wondering if the abstract announcing his discovery would have been accepted at the International Conference of Integrative Medicine. It makes gluteal reflexology look absolutely reasonable in comparison. Now, Dr. Sutherland's insights did not stop there. He synthesized his observations into, quote, the primary respiratory mechanism, end quote. Further quotes, this primary respiratory mechanism has five basic components. One, the inherent rhythmic motion of the brain in spinal cord. No such thing. The fluctuation of CSF that bathes and nourishes the brain and spinal cord. The shifting tensions of the membranous envelope, the dura mater, surrounding the brain and the spinal cord. This entire membranous structure acts as a unit and is called the reciprocal tension membrane. Fourth is the inherent rhythmic motion of the cranial bones, none unless you're hit on the head with a hammer. And five, the involuntary motion of the sacrum between the ilia. Now, I don't know about you, but I read the words. The words make sense by themselves, but when strung into sentences, they mean nothing. I think about what I understand regarding anatomy and physiology, and I reread the above, and I get nothing. A word salad. It appears, oh, I love Shakespeare, to be all sound and fury, signifying nothing. Now, I want to repeat it here. This is not meant to be fiction. And to make it more mysterious, or perhaps a better word to be fanciful, the CSF has tides. There's the cranial rhythmic impulse, a more superficial rhythm expressed in an average of 8 to 12 cycles per minute. Second is the mid-tide, a tidal rhythm that carries ordering forces into the body expressed at a slower rate of approximately 2.5 cycles per minute. And the long tide, a deep, slow, rhythmic impulse expressed about once every 100 seconds. The long tide is considered to be the first stirring of life 
and motion as the breath of life emerges from a deeper ground of stillness at the center of our being? End quote. Huh? What? Uh, more word salad. If this makes sense to anybody out there, please let me know because it is gibberish. Now, I know the topic was the death of Macbeth's wife, but Act 5, Scene 5, lines 26 through 28, keep running in my head. It is an explanation of physiology that would be right at home with Dr. Oz's site, but has no relationship to any known anatomy or physiology. Other explanations of the tides, which you can find on the internet, equally make no sense to me whatsoever. There are YouTube videos that will... The explanation of these tides contain nothing I recognize as content amongst what appears to be a word salad. Although I expect CST would appeal to bloodline aliens. I do not think there is a scam where the practitioners deny the evidence in their hands quite the same way that CST does. There are videos of CST therapists saying that, unlike what is taught in medical school, the bones of the skull are not fused and they articulate. They say this with a skull in their hands. It is a skull unlike Yorick's that has never been contemplated. If you have ever held a skull in your hands or been in a neurosurgical case, it is very evident that the cranium is noted for being rock solid at its joining of its bones. The metaphor is thick as the skull, is it not? It is not a fish-gilled skull. Acupuncturists may blather about meridians and homeopathists drivel on about the memory of water, but at least they do not hold the disconfirming evidence in their hands denying its existence. I have seen patients deny an obvious tumor or advanced symptom of AIDS, so people's ability to deny reality right in front of them is truly remarkable. But I would ask that these CST therapists look at that skull in your hands. The bones don't move. To have a whole field of scam based upon the denial of palpable reality is most curious. But as Mark said, sort of, who are you going to believe? Sutherland or your lying eyes? What does a practitioner do with the insight that the CSF flows incorrectly and that the cranial bones are out of whack? Well, quote, CST involves the practitioner listening through the hands to the body's subtle rhythms and patterns of inertia or congestion huh? through the development of subtle palpatory skills the practitioner can read the story of the body identify places where issues are held and then follow the natural priorities for healing as directed by the patient's own physiology end of quote as I gather from the gibberish on the YouTubes and CST sites, they push your bones of your skull back into place, alter and optimize your CSF flow, and make you better, I think. Because again, nothing they say really makes any real anatomic or physiologic sense. Quote, the trained practitioner palpates the sensation of resistance on the skin surface overlying the spine and cranium. Resistance is thought to be indicative of underlying CSF stasis and following treatment, the absence of drag may indicate that CSF stasis has been reduced, end quote. And this is only one of a tedious series of examples. So they can essentially 
feel the tides and the CSF rhythms and alter them. They can change the tides, at least the CSF tides. I am pretty old school when it comes to altering tides. And to tide and to time, Pat Duiberin were Shane Buen Ibiset. Yes, my pronunciation of Old English is only as good as my pronunciation of French. The modern version is the tide abides for, tarrieth for no man, stays for no man, time nor tide tarrieth for no man. Which is obvious, which is why it is an aphorism. They go on, quote, The cranial rhythmic impulse is an oscillation recognized by many bodywork practitioners, but the functional origin of this impulse remains uncertain. Hmm, fooling yourself much? We propose that the cranial rhythmic impulse is the palpable perception of entrainments, a harmonic frequency that incorporates the rhythm of multiple biological oscillators. It is derived primarily from signals between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Huh? Entrainment also arises between organisms. The harmonizing of coupled oscillators into a single dominant frequency is called frequency selective entrainment. We propose that this phenomenon is the modus operandi of practitioners who use the cranial rhythmic impulse in cranial sacral treatment. End quote. Colorless green ideas sleep furiously indeed. Take an anatomy in physiology that does not exist and postulate a mechanism of action. At least in this respect, there is not a difference between CST and acupuncture and homeopathy, except quantum. Where is the quantum? We need quantum. Quote, practical uses of quantum physics concepts in craniosacral therapy. Adding a few new intentions to your hands-on work is quite simple. All you need to do is incorporate a few principles of quantum physics. First, we direct our energy into hard, stiff, or restricted areas of the client's body. End quote. Huh. I've seen those advertisements when I was in Vegas. Of course, I want to giggle when I read this because I'm fundamentally immature. I know, what an infant. But I giggled a lot in writing this podcast. It truly is a field of infinite jest. Of course, the only real parallel between CST and quantum of any kind are N-rays, where they share an identical reality, existing only in the mind of the practitioner. Similar to scams, there is zero consistency in the ability of CST practitioners to feel the same tides in the same patients. They did a study where they looked at the ability of CST practitioners to find consistency. And they found, quote, the results failed to support the construct validity of the core link hypothesis that is traditionally held by proponents of CST and osteopathy in the cranial therapy. They found no intra-examiner reliability. Big surprise. Reproducibility and ability to consistently feel the tides has been refuted in more than one trial. Their ability to deal with the tides is not consistent. King Canute, they aren't. In reality, what do CST practitioners do? They lightly massage your head. And they treat everything, supposedly, from Down syndrome to headache to PMS. 
Like all scams, it is a diagnostic and therapeutic intervention for all purposes. The YouTubes have no shortage of videos demonstrating the techniques of CST. One practitioner states she pushes the bones back into alignment with a 5-gram pressure, the weight of a nickel. I do not think a nickel's worth of pressure would move a skull bone a quantum amount, not even if it were dropped off the Empire State Building. Once I had a colleague, really a colleague, not me, who commented he liked to have haircuts because the scalp massage with the wash and conditioning was very relaxing. And I will admit that lying on one's back while your head is massaged looks very pleasant, especially if it occurred in the middle of a busy work day and Blue Cross paid for it. If you had a process that was due in part from stress, I can see where a CST session would be most beneficial. I always return to the example of the relaxing effects that apes have with mutual grooming, although in deference to one million years of human evolution, the therapist won't try to pick off fleas from his patient, or so one hopes. I wrote the last paragraph before I did a PubMed search on the topic. So let's see if CST helps headaches independent of the incomprehensible blather that underpins the field. I bet it would be helpful for anything with a subjective endpoint, and I bet for hard endpoints, CST will do nothing. There are 56 hits on the PubMed using cranial sacral therapy as your search criteria, and there are no even remotely well-done studies using CST. The most interesting study predates the New England Journal of Medicine asthma article last month that definitively showed, as definitively as you can do anything in medicine, that all placebo effects are subjective and there are no objective effects of the placebo. In this particular study, quote, subjects were randomly assigned to one of five groups, acupuncture, craniosacral therapy, acupuncture, and craniosacral, attention control, and waiting list control for the treatment of their asthma. And can you predict the result? You betcha. Patients were improved subjectively, but their objective asthma was no better. Quote, when treatment was compared with the control group, statistically treatment was significantly better than the control group in improving asthma quality of life, whereas reducing medication use with pulmonary function test results remain the same. As one would expect from a relaxing head massage. Others are also less enthusiastic about CST. This systemic review and critical appraisal found insufficient evidence to support craniosacral therapy. Research methods that could conclusively evaluate effectiveness have not been applied to date. Yet, despite the structural integrity of the skull, CRT proponents insist it pure si move. See, I can't do Italian either. Galileo said that, right? And yet it moves. And there is one time when the bones of the skull are movable, after head trauma. Then perhaps pushing on the skull, perhaps five grams worth, may not be such a good idea. I have seen enough trauma over the years to be cautious about breaks in human structural integrity. Not so much with CST. Quote, although craniosacral manipulation has been found empirically useful in patients with traumatic brain injury, three cases of iatrogenesis occurred. That means 
practitioner-induced. The incidence rate is low, 5%, but the practitioner must be prepared to deal with the possibility of adverse reactions, end quote. Why do I think the word squelch when I read the abstract? I think I've been reading too much Joe Abercrombie of late. It turns out that the adverse reactions from CST were every bit as fanciful as its beneficial effects. In these patients with traumatic head injury, quote, these three cases represent a diversity of adverse reactions following craniosacral manipulation. The first patient had exacerbation of vertiginous symptoms following diagnostic evaluation alone. After sphenobasilar decompression, visceral symptoms involving cardiac, respiratory, and gastrointestinal symptoms arose. This feature suggested either brainstem or vagal effects as a possible source of the symptom complex. The second patient had an exacerbation of headache complaint, but more important, a disturbing psychologic psychiatric problem necessitating psychiatric institutional care. The severe total body spastic reaction seen in the third patient continues to defy explanation. The possibility of a brainstem seizure triggered by stimulation of the upper cervical spine and cranial base or post-traumatic cervical dystonia remains plausible. Extensive evaluation failed to demonstrate a specific cause. End quote. The chances that lightly massaging the head cause any of the above to occur is remote at best. It is, however, a tough economy and jobs are scarce. For a mere five to $12,000 and 700 hours of time, 150 hours if you are already a licensed massage therapist, you too can be a CST provider. That's about 88 days of education, about a semester's worth. And then maybe you too could practice at a university medical center like Ohio or Duke and of course, Dr. Oz has offered CST to his cardiac patients, so you must know it's nonsense. There are probably other institutions that are offering the raging impossibility that is CRT, but I grew weary of searching. But it should not be part of any university since, quote, we believe that craniosacral therapy bears approximately the same relationship to real medicine that astrology bears to astronomy. That is, this approach to, quote, health care, end quote, is a medical fiction, and it is not appropriate to teach fiction as part of medical or allied health curricula, end quote. I wonder if Duke or Ohio are going to offer astrological readings or have John Edwards as a visiting lecturer talking to the dead. It would only be a lateral step, not a step backwards. Seriously. If your local hospital or university offers CST, go elsewhere. They have demonstrated a commitment to the irreparably goofy. To sum up, CST now beats Bracco the starer. I don't think the onion could do better. And that ends the 81st Quackcast. This is the real Quackcast, of course. The other one is a comic book podcast, and they are posers. Don't forget to visit my multimedia empire over at moremark.squarespace.com. And during the year 2012, I'm having a 99 cent sale over at Amazon on my 
Infectious Disease book, Pus Whisperer, A Year in the Life of an Infectious Disease Doctor. It's the collected essays from my Rubor Dolor Kalor Tumor blog. I will have it at 99 cents until such time as the temperature in Portland becomes 99 degrees. That would be Fahrenheit or centigrade. I still haven't decided. As always, the references are available over at Science-Based Medicine, where you can also see the pictures that were initially posted with this particular Quackcast. Otherwise, I shall see you guys in the not-too-distant future. Bye-bye.